0: Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Grey Holger. I'm here with my co-host Terry Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. Mike's wearing one of our new Noise Extra shirts. Y'all can't see it, but looks pretty looks cool.
1: fine.
2: Pretty much been the only shirt I've worn since receiving it. <laughs> uh, so
1: I can attest to it and I want to wear mine, but I think we should wear different shirts on occasion.
2: Matchy-matchy too much. Even for Grey? Uh,
1: well, it's okay He's the only if, one who'd be able to see it. It's okay us. if we match Grey, but I don't think we the, should get used to matching each other. What I'm
2: saying, though, about if we match <laughs> each other, we it, currently it'd be only for Grey. He'd be the only one who'd see it.
1: Well, would that's, you, would that that's be okay? true. Is that okay, Grey? Well,
0: and you guys would see it and know, and then psychologically yeah, that could create it. a bond that might be very dangerous.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we, 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 we you know- Who am I kidding? You guys already
0: have a very dangerous bond. That's yes, true. exactly. I, I don't true. want to force this. This is I true. I like to
1: maintain a little bit of independence uh, between us.
0: <laughs> and that wasn't a plug for the shirt, but it, I'm turning it into one now. So, oh, good job! Great you could plug. Great. Visit noiseextra.bigcartel.com and get yourself a noise extra shirt if you'd like to support the podcast, but aren't one of those Patreon type people. Uh, and uh, let your friends know that you listen to a really cool podcast about noise music.
1: <laughs> Heck yeah! That was really pluggy. That was great. That was good. I, yeah, I mean, to
0: hell, I'm just gonna do it. Why not? Yeah, why not? And speaking of plugs, actually, no, it's not a plug at all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when you were, go- it was, I was, you know, you are riding that, you were riding that seg. I was feeling segway. it. I yeah. I, got I'm
0: like Wiley Coyote
2: running off a cliff. <laughs> it, dude, it happens sometimes, even it to happens. the best of
1: Segway yeah, people. The, best of the inventor of Segway just rode it right off the cliff. <laughs> he <so>. did. That is true that is true <laughs> you know <laughs> so same par for the course here
0: <laughs> are there any cliffs in proberta gerber do we know
2: you know it's hard to say i don't know but this uh, i
1: have a i have a fun and tragic tale about proberta oh,
2: actually that is true yes yes we I,
1: should i save it i'll save it
0: yeah, yeah well, so you guys you know what listeners you gotta wait until we really yeah. dig yeah. into the meat of rend i'm just and gonna tease
1: tease that tragic tale <laughs>
0: Proberta Gerber on pure from 1996. This is another pure disc. Uh, Rend coming from a different scene sort of then. I mean, not that anything on pure was related by scene. It's all just Ron picking the noise that he liked, I think in the mid nineties.
2: Well, I think of this and have always thought of this as possibly the most obscure pure CD. Uh, as far as I knew nothing about rent.
0: You are you f- well versed on Nadge or Fab Forty Four? Uh, do you know who Fab Forty Four is? More, I, actually, I've got a. When we do Fab Forty Four, I have a Fab Forty Four story. Yeah, we know Fab Forty Four, so, <laughs> so 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 it's not that obscure. Okay, okay. Um,
2: I think of Nadge. I think of Rend and Nadge as the yeah. two most obscure uh, pure CDs. And it was actually little peek behind the scenes. It was a decision uh, of which one of those to do. Uh, for this episode, and we landed on Rend, and I'm so psyched we did. This is very cool, and... It was a great choice. We did get in contact with Rend, with Sean, uh, the man behind Rend, and we sent him questions, and he sent us some great answers back that we are going to be relaying throughout the episode. Uh, So it was actually really, really cool uh, to get in contact with him, and, and, and basically Rend is part of the plague and perspective label along with blister pack. Mm-hmm. And they ran that label in the 90s it's it, it's kind of back um, again today with Emerson Murray of Blister Pack putting out um, some collabs he did and and a new project of his. But in the 90s there was about 6 releases and Rend is there's a Rend tape, a Blister Pack Rend Split tape
1: with Tacos Burritos.
2: Yeah, the blister pack <laughs> tracks are is called Tacos and Burritos. So awesome, I love it. <laughs> I
1: know, I love there, it every time.
2: And then there's a couple of blister pack tapes and then um the Hive tape, which mm-hmm. just got recently reissued. So what's pretty amazing is that Sean of Ren, you know, was like we're all so shocked that we're getting contacted about this stuff like 25 years later. <laughs> but it's, that's what we do we're, we it are is the wild. Indiana we're the Indiana Joneses of noise. Come we're knocking on your door, Archaeologists, So heads up.
1: Tell us what your thought process. We got was. a whip.
2: We're, we're going to be
0: flying into your to your email. Made some tapes in the eighties or nineties. I might want to check that email.
2: Yes, exactly. So very very cool. You know, we're, obviously we're we're going to be hitting all the pure CDs at some point throughout our journey here. But uh, psyched to get into the Rend Proberta Gerber CD. But before but, we do that. Oh, you know what we do. We do that recent listening. What y'all been playing? Well, we are coming off a couple days ago, I guess a week ago now when we're recording this was the uh, band camp day. You got to
1: load up on those Fridays. uh, We
2: went pretty wild, as I know Gray did. And we've just been digging through um, a lot of the stuff we grabbed, you know, we've We've mentioned on the last episode we've been in such a pain jerk zone. We grabbed a ton more pain jerk, and he and he's still putting stuff up like yeah. every day. So keep get head over to his band camp. Make sure to follow it because it's like once a day now. You're getting getting some new new and new old pain it's jerk awesome. stuff. So it's very cool. Um, but yeah, we really got a lot of a lot of killer stuff. One of our one of our favorite things we got was the Am glance Human Pillar. Um, yeah. It was a cassette on hospital, oh, and it was one of those that one. we just missed, and and uh, but he Amstelans put it up on his bandcamp. It's incredible.
1: Wait, I Craig, think it, do you have it?
0: I don't have this one. Uh, Mr. Connolly over there told me to check it out, or told me to grab it You're next bandcamp day, it. and so it's in my wish list. And I listened to it the other night, uh, and I could. It's so awesome. I could just buy it right now. Like I'm not trying to say like oh yeah don't, yeah the yeah. only way yeah. right right right. However, People should keep supporting. It's I know this day is coming <laughs> and mm. I had just bought a ton of stuff that I still have to work my way through listening to. So I don't need to add more to my
2: right, recent right. listening yeah, stack. So it kind of yeah. helps
0: me pace myself of like, I totally. know that I'm going to get some more download stuff soon. And you know what I've been doing with my downloads is burning them to CDR and labeling them and playing them in the studio. So like, sure. so I cool. <laughs> got a little stencil. Yes. I'll like stencil the name of the project on the disc and the thing and i'm just putting together a binder of like downloads it's it's a weird attach attachment to physical media that i still have but like i don't have i'm not set up to play like aux chord style stuff in my studio so i've just got a cd player in here and, and that's
1: well so, cds are nice sometimes because then you're not tempted to like look at your computer you know or get involved with that because otherwise if you're like playing something on your phone or whatever then you just end up looking at it so it's like free you feel free it's
0: true it's a disconnect from sort of the screen and. Yeah, well, well, we'll talk about this when we get to the pure cities. That's one of the things I've been really enjoying about a pure city is also sort of a disconnect. But uh, so Am Glanz human oh so so good and
1: that's and I only ask if you liked it because the synth on it is so good. And it's great. Dirty. It's a killer. Yeah.
0: It's a killer tape. I'm yeah. going to grab it. Uh, it's it's in the wish list. Yes. Yeah, so we grabbed a couple of things from
2: Amson Glanz. One of my new favorite noise tape titles: Mega Star Barbies, <laughs> which is an Amson Glanz tape from 2001. <laughs> so good. And I, and I, when I looked at his page, I just turned to and I'm like, "There's an Amstrad Gons tape called Mega Star Barbies," and she's like, like "Well, you're obviously getting that right. I'm you like, have to get that. I already got it, <laughs> and it is so awesome. And it's like from 2001. The rules. Uh, it's it's really really good. Um, also picked up some stuff from Richard Ramirez's band camp, mm-hmm. and we. Uh, Particularly enjoyed Black Leather Jesus, Juliet of the Spirits, which we got Juliet the Spiritus. because of the name because it's such an incredible movie. Mm-hmm. It's total just like wall like there's you, you hit play and you're you're in for the next you know however long they're wall it is. spirits. They are yes yeah, apparently Juliet of Juliet's spirits are wall spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, but Grabbed a couple other things from him. Uh, grabbed a couple things from the hospital, uh, band ban camp, the rainforest spiritual enslavement, water witches, which collects. Uh, we have awesome. like most of that stuff and on the kind of separate mm-hmm. releases, but it's kind of nice to have it all in one. It is just one. Thing and you can just kind of hit play and let it go. The water witches is so great. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Um, and then grab some stuff from the old kindredic sound band camp, including some black sand desert stuff that Uh-oh. we early black sand desert stuff that I might have. We might have one thing or one, two things or something like that, but I don't even think so. It's some pretty rare early black sand desert stuff. And uh, it is absolutely killer noise. Then leading up to this episode, we grabbed uh, the blister pack Swing Brothers Swing uh, off, <laughs> off uh their band camp, and it is just it's like it's like American Masana.
1: It's so high, like it's this like because it's it's like high it's like punishing f- ends. Yeah, high end cl- yeah.
2: vocal dominated. Feels yep. very physical, just nonstop. A lot of like. Cut, you know, a lot of like
1: it's choppy and syncopated. Yeah. it's not too many layers. Like right, it feels very just it's like pretty, live. it's pretty. It's yeah. pretty simple, which I appreciate.
2: Yeah, blister pack rules, and in this we'll, situation. we'll definitely be doing an, an episode on them. Uh, having also gotten in contact with uh with them, so would you believe Yay. I have a copy
0: of Trini's Wad on Mother Savage on the way to me right now? So
2: that Ooh. is killer. Yeah, we'll That's talk about killer. that one.
0: Okay, <laughs> I'm
2: down. Um, but yeah, so that's been kind of our main listening, just kind of going through those band camp day purchases as, as, uh, we'll be doing that again, uh, in a few weeks. So
1: yeah, we have hours of pain jerk now, so we could just, we could probably just listen to pain jerk for the rest of the next week and be cool Heck about yeah. it. And it's great. Heck yeah. What uh, what you got, Gray? What you been listening to?
0: Well, let's start with some digital stuff first, grabbed on Bandcamp Day. Actually, a couple things were uh, physicals that I bought, but also got files of. But Annual Flowers in Color by Imaginary Softwoods, which I wouldn't say necessarily I would file under noise. It is a very beautiful synth record by John Elliott of Emeralds uh, oh. under his Imaginary Softwoods banner. And... Uh, this is, you know, we talked about Tangerine Dream on here a fair bit. This is just like a perfect Sunday morning synth record. Really, really enjoy the melodies and the sort of hazy vibe of the whole thing. So really cool. Uh, David Reed has a new project, a former podcast guest uh, called Blading, which uh, is a
2: wrestling wrestling project, wrestling,
0: <laughs> harsh noise. Yeah.
1: So excited.
0: It's killer. I've been jamming that. Uh, they did a self-titled uh, Release on Bandcamp, and I uh, think we'll be hearing more from them soon. Uh, of course, Pain Jerk. I don't know that I can list all of them because I've been, it's yeah, been kind of so a blur. Uh, gravity the Existence, Platinum Electronics, uh, This Is What You Don't Want. <laughs> this is a really killer one. Yeah. Um, Dude, gravity, I love
1: the the co- <laughs> gravity the Existence, that title?
2: Gravity the Existence is such an insane title. Yeah. I love the colors on the this is what you don't want. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love the co- <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's so good.
0: Um, so just, you know, another plug for for pain jerk there. And then uh got some new tapes and CDs and some stuff sitting around for a minute that I threw on. I got a pack from Small Mercies and a pack from Beyond the Ruins, some stuff. And uh I got a couple mistletoe tapes, Perkta and Vampiric Gaze 1918. Uh just sort of killer, minimal synth exploration. Uh, n- uh, necro synth, you know, like just like very Atrax Morgue kind of feeling. In fact, the backpack came with a uh, rest in peace Marco flyer <laughs> in it, which I thought was uh-huh. a nice touch. Um And... Then uh, the "Guestus and Dismas CD by Mistletoe on Small Mercies, which is uh, Justin from Shredded Nerve, Thousands of Dead Gods store in New York. His uh, CDR imprint that's been doing a lot of cool stuff lately. And the Mistletoe CD is like, oh, it's long. The tapes are kind of short. The CD is like really gets you in the zone and uh, love that. And then Demons of Mind Music, Night of the Infernal Mistress uh, on Small Mercies, which is just more sort of crude synth feeling noise. Uh, really, really just weird. They all come in the same kind of like a clamshell, not clamshell, but clear plastic, uh, poly kind of packaging with, uh, it's a it's very simple cover and a like a fold out poster, which I like, like all the infos on a, on a folded up poster inside of the packaging. Mm. Uh, and plague mother wither and scatter also on small mercies, really nice, harsh noise from Roman who, uh, Runs a podcast everyone should be listening to, Harsh Truths. Uh, if you're listening to Noise Extra, you should be listening to Harsh Truths. So, check out the Harsh Truths podcast, Roman stuff, and mm-hmm. Chaos Shelter Rur Hunter one CD on Glass Throat. I got Ooh, a packaging from Chet yes. Scott of Rur Hunter. I <laughs> uh, picked these up on Bandcamp day. I got this and some Rur Hunter releases, uh, like solo releases. Uh, I chose to play this one first, and when it arrived, I realized I already owned this. Years ago, but I, but Amazing. I've only seen. It's one of those things like the case got broken, and I've only seen the cover in like a broken jewel case in some box somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. So buying it again is awesome because this CD rules, rules, Dude, rules. doesn't it? Rules. It's insane.
1: We're in yeah. such a rur hunter zone and too. And you guys were hyping it, and well, it,
0: it. Yeah, it hits the dark ambient, cosmic dark ambient. Hell yeah, zone for sure. I love it. Yes, and. In uh, keeping in theme with this episode, I was uh, lucky enough to snag one of those Hive Demiurge double C90 reissues from Skeleton Dust, which uh, oh, is yeah. a reissue issue of the Plague in Perspective double tape. The original being a double tape housed in uh, like a screen printed thing with a little like OB band roll on it. But the original was a C90 and a C10. And it was apparently intended to be a C-90 and a C-90. So the reissue on Skeleton Dust is a C-90 and a C-90. There's 80 minutes of stuff. I have an original of the, the Plague in Perspective one, but I now have the reissue, which has 80 minutes of additional music on one wow. tape. Oh, killer. That's a lot more. And it is the some of the most like timeless sounding 90s noise. Of like spastic, textured, weird, harsh, freaky, rides a zone. It it sounds like what you want from like 1995. It really, really does. And it's long. You're talking 45 minute sides. So you're really soaking in all this noise. Like they the Hive. this is the only hive release, but it's 180 it, it, it minutes is. of music.
1: <laughs> and, and it's Nick
2: of Blister Pack
0: and yes. Plague mm-hmm. in Perspective. Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: Could have done four, chose to do one. <laughs>
2: I remember you showing that to me back, back in, uh, back in the early two thousands as uh, uh, one of your favorites. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it's really cool to hear an additional stack of sounds that were intended for it, but but weren't released back then. That's sort of one of the cool things about these reissues and the packaging is quite nice on the skeleton dust reissue. There will be a link to that one in the description here. Cause uh, Luke also helped us get in touch with, uh, with those guys. So uh, many thanks for the, the context and like for reissuing a classic nineties noise double tape. That's incredibly too long in an awesome way.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Killer. Well, I think that might lead us to the, our, main album of the day. Of oh, the main event. The main yeah,
0: event. Wow. Rend. According
2: Destination
0: to Destination
1: Pro Berta Gerber.
0: Merriam Webster's dictionary to rend is a verb meaning to rip, sever, tear, or break. Yep. And
2: yeah. that's <laughs> what happens here with sound. And it this is such a cool album. Yes,
1: <laughs> and, it really and, is. And, and long, yeah. like good length.
2: Yeah, it's an hour. Yeah, every yeah 65 t- minutes. It's, it's great. Yeah, you're getting a full, full CD.
1: Three tracks.
2: And it goes tons of different places.
0: It really does. Each track is individually an interesting piece on its own, and it sort of uh, de escalates the harshness from the first track. Like it starts out at its kind of nastiest and moves yeah. to its most ambient as you're listening to it, which, as someone who often finds myself listening to noise late at night or in uh, sort of settings where I'm trying to wind down, it's nice to not have it go from mellow to blasting. Which seems to be the impulse? Oh, yeah. that you often see.
2: <laughs> oh, I love de-escalation.
0: Style. I mean, a good
1: a good build is nice. Like, and you and you just like build up to the explosion. But, but this is a is a totally different downshifting beast.
0: So, one of the, I mentioned in the in the intro that I I've been re- sort of appreciating this. You know, playing playing uh, CDRs of discs or just you know enjoying the pure style of things. And one of the things I've kind of realized from that is. That it's maybe we've talked about this before. I can't even remember. But I, I like the lack of commitment to packaging and and artwork that I have to pay, a lack of attention that I have to pay when I'm putting on a pure CD. It's sort of like I want some noise, I want it now, I throw the disc in and I don't think about the release again. Like a lot of times when I'm listening and when we do these podcasts. We're sitting here turning over a booklet and a, uh, an LP sleeve and an insert and a whatever, and kind of soaking in all the the parts of it and trying to decipher it. And when you throw in a pure CD, you're just thrust into the realm of noise with very very little context. You have a name, you have an album name. On this one, you get some track titles and the crudeness of the packaging on this. The CD itself is printed with like the the mailing label and a handwritten note that that Rand sent to Ron. It's like there's. <laughs> it's not a graphic designed. It's like this is what I have, so this is what I'm putting on the disc. I really, really love it.
2: When I, well, see, I do, I do know what you what you're you're saying, but to me, actually, pure CDs do put me in the the art and package and design of them. I do kind of like, like for me the sound of a pure CD is the silver top coming through. Like, you know what I mean? Cause they're all, they're all (laughs) like, it's like the black, but like the, like, like I always say actually the, the CD that we took our podcast name from the Masana's noise extra, that is actually my, actually my favorite cd face design out of any cd it looks so weird and it's so it's one of the strangest and yeah kind of like this one too like i love how strange the cds can look and then sometimes they are more designed like the pain jerk is more like designed you know like certainly sometimes they're designed but what i'm saying Mm -hmm. is that
0: you can't look at the cd while it's playing And all that you're left with really is like kind of a mostly a generic triple R insert if you're lucky and a generic piece of packaging with a name slapped on it. And it's
1: yeah, there's freedom and lack of context sometimes like when you because that allows you to, you know, make your own decisions and contextualize it yourself. And it's almost like with pure CDs. It's like they take away all that stuff so that you can be like, do I like this or do I not like it? I'm not going to be distracted by cool packaging or seeing if it's a really expensive release or heavy vinyl, but it's like the freedom to just be like, here's the sounds. What do you think?
0: One could even say that it's pure.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: One could say that. So pure. Um,
1: (laughs) And yeah, and this one, like,
2: you know, kind of said at the beginning, I I think of this and the NADGE CDs Mm -hmm. as the most obscure,
1: just like what didn't
2: know what the projects were yes uh, still a lot of you know question marks they're like uh, artifacts in a way. this is true 90s artifacts and the noise on this it's especially torrent the first track you know mm-hmm. it's it's slabs and waves but it's not like brutal like i mean it, it like it's more like a wave and a wash, and and it's thick and
1: it's deep,
2: but it's not like painful. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's more ominous than punishing.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is sort of the what I think of as the harshest or most active mm-hmm. piece on here, but it's certainly not super harsh or like going crazy. It's a lot of these weird. Uh, there's a there's a heavy undercurrent of whooshing, and kind of ominous drone and background buzz to it. It really does feel like a, like a deluge or a, a de- deluge.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it, fe- it to me, I, I kept going with waves. And I mean, it's torrent. It's, and that's what yeah. a torrent is, you know, fast moving water, fast water. And that's kind of what I was going with this this whole track, or and like
1: a a maelstrom, which I always thought maelstrom meant like a big storm, but it's actually a whirlpool. Oh, it wow. means it means grind round in Dutch. Well, it kind so of it's feels certainly like, a maelstrom.
2: Yeah, it feels like a whirlpool. Yeah, and it is really active. I mean, it's in constant motion. Yeah, absolutely. Really I think is. it's like a. I,
1: I was going to say something unimportant, and that is that it's like a tidal wave chasing a train.
2: no totally it's totally a tidal wave chasing a train it's amazing
0: (laughs) there's a lot of these sort of weird uh high notes sort of searing off on this thing or peeling off and you get a lot of weird tone and we've, we've talked about this piece of gear before but it is on this record confirmed by rend himself it's the boss ps2 pitch shifter delay Unit. There's these weird tone shifts, tone clusters and kind of weird sounds, stereo sounds you get of the main sound source or something, you know, strafing by at a a high speed or a weird, a weird pitch. And that's, that's the boss PS2 to me. That's a very nineties noise sound. That pedal is sort of indicative of that. And there's a sound that comes in maybe around the 12 minutes that I just wrote, a uh, dog barking underwater. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, it reminds me of uh, some of that early prurient material in that way that's got that same kind of, uh, it's almost like a, a jumble of tape unpause sounds, you know, like, or mm-hmm. just this like really warbly detuned pitch messed with jumble of sound and it's really cool it's a, it's a cool sound oh, in here
2: it's it's awesome i mean this we were just immediately taken taken to uh i think terry you were saying there was it was like it, it was kind of like the the station is dying like the like the controls are <laughs> are kind of like failing.
1: <laughs> we were talking about wheezing and dying machines, and so like, as that they, like they're sputtering off into oblivion. Yeah, there's oblivion. that like sputtering
2: sound. That's kind of from the be- in the beginning.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. There's yeah, a, there's a dry screech that comes in about 15 minutes into that. Is yeah, 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 like yeah. Something just not not functioning properly.
2: It's like a weird. It, it's like a strange loop that kind of then sets a new tone for the rest of the. Uh, Of the uh, track.
1: And I, again, I, this was one of those tracks where it kind of takes you places visually in your imagination. And, you know, that sputtering and dying sound. I was just picturing like an alien spaceship attacking a cornfield with nobody in it at night, just for no reason. Just kind of like just random alien destruction.
2: I love that. I love that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, what we, uh, you know, we, we wrote sean of rend uh some questions and he was super cool to give us some great answers yeah and it was uh, thrilling you know one thing we asked so so the plague in perspective label was uh you know nick and emerson the blister back guys and sean and sean kind of said you know more those two guys were kind of more the uh the real people behind it but you know all three of them did work on it together and so we kind of asked him what was the you know Kind of the feeling behind Plague and Perspective, the history, and this is what he said. We will have Tara relay the answer because it's much nicer to hear her voice.
1: For me, Plague and Perspective was an umbrella for us to make our self-releases. I think the aesthetics for the Hive-Rend packaging were born out of our shared love for Dada and surrealism and mail art, and we used to send it to each other. It was also limited to what was available for cheap or free. At the time, I was working at a grocery store and m- not making much money, so I collected the elements for the PIP-5 packaging from cases of mandarin oranges when I stocked them.
2: That's what he, he refers to the uh, to his tape as release PIP-005, label. <laughs> which is the release uh, catalog number. That would be the REND uh, yes. tape.
1: The green paper and the textured brown paper acted as a cushion for the cans, and the exposed corrugated cardboard sleeve is cut down from the outer box. The PIP website says there were 50 made. I think I only made about 20. It was a lot of work. I think I sold five or 10 and gave away the rest as demos and friends. Somehow a copy ended up at Amoeba Records, and I happened to come across it when looking through their tiny noise section. I was shocked and excited to see it in the store. Looking back, I should have bought it because I no longer have a copy myself. Oh, man. (laughs) I'd okay. love to have a copy of that. When was this
0: in Amoeba's noise section, and when was it tiny? Because that thing is a full I know. aisle now. That must yeah. be... I was
1: thinking, is it SF Amoeba? Maybe it's a different Amoeba.
2: Or, yeah, or Berkeley, maybe. Or, yeah,
1: Because <laughs> it's a big noise section now.
2: <laughs> Heck, yeah. But I thought that's so cool, and I love that... I love knowing that they use the grocery supplies uh, for the packaging. Uh, something that Gaza Tundra has done did Absolutely. in the past. There's a lot of... Uh, Grocery uh things, mm-hmm. leftover unused grocery things that I used for packaging. So
0: And uh yes. same and with it, Crank Sturgeon, good. actually, right? He put stuff in uh, like anchovy tins. Some of his Yeah, gear. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that.
1: But I you know, looking back, the releases looked good. Like they don't look like They look amazing. Like, you know, we've done some things that look like they're junk. You know, <laughs> These, we put them together. These look like you he took stuff from a grocery store and made like a gross package, you know, like this is not the, this is that's not the junky. thing is the
2: plague in perspective packaging is amazing.
1: Really good.
0: Yeah, it's very it's all very cool, very tactile stuff. And mm-hmm. if you It feels of its process, so it feels like someone hand assembled it because it's hand assembled. They're all unique. Uh, Even getting this reissue of the Hive double tape, it looks different than my Mm -hmm. Hive double tape looks. Like whatever one he scanned has a very different characteristic than, of course, the individual like screen printed or whatever one that I have. Yeah,
1: or maybe it's not
0: screen printed. Maybe it was like chicken wire and painted and pushed down upon it. I'm not even sure.
1: That's so good. Well, they look good
2: so so sick um yeah i've only seen the hive in person from you and then the the other tapes we've just been kind of staring at uh pictures online so which were hard to find i mean dude this is <laughs> well, like you said they did 20 you know what i mean yeah. he's like i probably made 20 like i did, so i don't think you did 50 you know what i mean like uh, you know well i think
0: we've all been there um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah
1: <laughs> it's edition 75 uh huh
0: <laughs> you can never trust those numbers. It's always what the intent was and not what the actual uh <laughs> the actual labor was, I think on so- I mean <laughs> on a CD that's made of 500 copies or 1000 copies sure. There's 500 or 1000 copies, but mm-hmm. when you're talking about a tape of very limited interest, uh like those Black Sand Desert releases you got Connolly. I made 17 yep. of those. I did actually make 17 but there's 17 of them. There they were yeah, was, yeah. there wasn't anyone that wanted a hundred or 500 of those things back then. So you make 17 and then you're like, ah, I'm done with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll make 20 Oh, or 17. That's close enough. <laughs> you know, one of
0: the things I noticed on this disc, uh, as we're heading into the, the second piece failure is there is a lot of silence between these tracks. There's like a good five, six plus seconds of silence. You know, the normal CD break or whatever is the the two second thing that's like the Red Book standard is two second pause between CD audio tracks. This has a considerable, you know, three, four times as much as that between Torrent and Failure and between Failure and the last track Reverie. But the last track also really starts off quiet and builds up. So yeah. you've got mm-hmm. you've got a lot of silence You're The a track ends and you're sitting there kind of in the zone, just sort of waiting for the next thing to start. And I, I think it's a nice technique. I think uh, deviating from sort of the standard on that, or even, even if it wasn't super intentional, it feels really nice.
2: Yeah. It gives you a little space. It gives you a little break. Cause these are, you know, three long, you know, slabs. And so it's kind of nice to get a little, a little breather before you get into the next one. And yeah, failure. What a cool. And again, this one. Every track starts very differently. This one has that kind of thin, high, interrupting, uh, you know, tone that that really starts this one.
1: Yeah, this one really squeals in.
0: Refer to it as a high tone salad in my notes.
2: <laughs> oh wow, amazing! It kind of has that though, right? It like, is uh,
1: tossing that high tone salad
2: whoa
0: (laughs) what struck me most about this piece in fact i even drew a little uh (laughs) diagram that probably only means anything to me on my note sheet and uh is the scale whereas torrent felt like uh really like i was reminded of the movie uh bait or bait 3d where like a tsunami hits australia and floods a shopping like a grocery store and shopping center and uh just sort of like the flood of just everything being submerged and massive amounts of water being forced everywhere, whereas failure feels so much uh tinier on scale it's a uh, small machines at work, even when when uh loud it feels minute it feels like everything is tiny and contributing to this whole kind of din, and that's something I didn't feel on the first track. I was kind of overwhelmed and and uh taken aback. By the the kind of scale of sound on it, and then this one is almost the exact opposite where I really feel like it's uh just tiny tiny little machines whirring around
2: well there there's there's more room to breathe in this track mm-hmm. there's 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 points where it gets it goes into these little you know le- different levels, and there's kind of like more headroom.
1: Yeah, I, I just thought it was like there's static blasts and, and lots of breath, like there's spaces in between. But I thought that the thing that kind of struck me on this track uh, was that it, it never kind of like settles down in one place. Like you think you can hang on to a sound for a minute and then it keeps moving like it's constantly shifting and changing. So, you know, it's it's almost like just like a atmospheric without ever staying static. Um, because it's just, there's nothing to hang on to. It just, it just falls right through your hands. As soon as you try to grip onto a sound or a vibe, no loops, none of that stuff. It's just, just constantly just shifting, shifting, shifting.
0: I wrote switching gears in my notes for this one, which I feel Mm -hmm. like is a very much it's, it does hit a zone for a second and then it, it shoves itself right out of it into something else somehow still feeling natural in the progression of the track, but it's, uh, but it really does like someone shifting gears in a car is actually almost what it felt like where the the these small machines that I'm mentioning in here are operating at a different speed now.
2: Right. Totally. Yeah.
1: Well, I, th- and speaking of driving cars, we can talk about where Proberta Gerber comes from.
2: Oh, yeah. So this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so this was this was really cool, of course. Such a strange name. Uh, and, you know, we really had no
1: idea what this could be about. and. We had yeah, to ask Sean I, himself. I was, I was looking it up. I had some ideas, but uh, he, he did give us an answer. And he says, I used to drive from Eugene to Santa Cruz and back at least once a year. And I repeatedly would see Proberta Gerber sign heading north on I-5. I thought it was an interesting sounding name and would make for a good title for something. When I, so I used it when I got the chance. Uh, and he sent us the actual sign. Uh, and it says Proberta Gerber.
2: It's an exit off the uh, I-5, which is so awesome. <laughs> which I is, love that. Which is
1: awesome. It really rolls off the tongue. And so the only thing I had found about Proberta, like, these towns are tiny. Like, you can't even look up the town Gerber. Like, Proberta had, like, 200 people in it at one yeah. point. Uh, but there was a major um, bus crash there. So, like, one of the high school buses was hit on train tracks and it led like early like in the 20s or something and it led to legislation about why buses have to stop on train tracks and open the door and look both ways cuz like uh all of their teenagers in this tiny town uh were killed in a bus crash in Whoa. Proverta.
2: Yeah. yeah. In, in like the like
1: Yeah, but I think it was the 20s.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is that which is if you've ever obviously anyone took the bus to school, you know that that is why Yeah, what, that's what they stop it get to and the, the, train the track, They stop and then they open the thing. Like, that's yeah you know, i was forever. looking at
1: digital copies of microfiche that's how much i was trying to find yeah <laughs> what roberta gerber
2: was yeah um, wow. but i love i i love i love titles coming from road signs uh, rules. i have a few in my in my uh back catalog for sure oh yeah um but i love that and it is such a strange because it is just like what is this title like what yes is, yeah uh, I love that. And I love the kind of like thinking about these small town in Northern California. Mm-hmm. It's a, 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 so so going with that, I did, I did kept, I kept envisioning the like swaths of brown grass that you pass, you know, yeah. when you're driving Absolutely. through the state of California. And so I, that's these, these large slabs of noise were that to me, you know, they were these large chunks of the dead grass that you, you that you pass when you're driving you know up and down yeah
1: and it's gorgeous in california uh and it also has some really drab and boring play parts too like especially near the agricultural areas like yeah. that it's just you know it's just you know two things sky and brown
0: yeah <laughs> i like that this trek it it gets it sort of builds louder and louder towards the end and you get some nice sort of flanging scraping sounds and i, I attribute it probably to the ps2 this sort of uh reflecting ricochets of weird tones coming off it mm-hmm. and it's it's a really failures is a really nice track to settle into and it builds really slowly and like i said it never seems as massive as torrent but that's in a it's in a very cool way where like you're you're inside the machine now you're in, you know you're seeing the the details
2: yeah totally yeah it's it's a great all three of these tracks have a very great, distinct vibe. And mm-hmm. kind like you said, there's a very, you know, purposeful flow to this whole thing. We asked Sean um, about some of his early contacts, you know, who he was writing, who he was in touch with, um, you know, in the 90s. And this is what he had to say about that.
1: I enjoyed getting letters from Donna at Artware Audio and from Dylan and Lisa at Chocolate Monk. I spent a good part of the day yesterday finding and going through old mail, trying to jog my 25-plus-year-old memories of this era, and I found some letters from them. They were always funny and encouraging, but this one caught my eye. This is a quote. "Thanks is given for the Ren track for Volume 2 of Violent Ambient. We are awaiting T. Makawa to send the Hydechidon and Incapacitance tracks. I don't think that comp ever came out, but I remember being super excited to be included on one of their compilations with those artists.
2: Dude, how awesome is that?
1: What if that had come out?
2: Whoa! I think Violent Ambient Volume Two needs to see the light of day. <laughs> what a title! Violent Ambient
1: Volume Two. <laughs>
2: Amazing title. I wonder if they ever got. Uh, I wonder if they ever got the uh, Incapacitants and tracks. track. Maybe that's what's holding it up.
1: Wait, if they still have them, that'd be super.
2: <laughs> but, that, but that means there's an unreleased rent track out there. Yeah, that's true.
1: We love unreleased. We unreleased. Yeah, and I love mean unreleased. it's such a
2: tiny discography that a uh, one unreleased track is a pretty big deal.
1: Wait, should we all call dibs on it now? Dibs.
2: I mean, <laughs> I would like to see some of these like letters them, as well. I would well. like
1: them to release it. That would be great.
2: Yeah, I, I love. I, it's really cool. It sounds like he kept a lot of this stuff from this time. And we, we, we gotta say, Sean, we really appreciate you know taking the time to look through that stuff and and kind of give us these these great anecdotes and especially that that little line of you know how many unreleased comps oh. are out there? you know what I mean we I think we well, yeah and this. when you look yeah. at
0: Violent Ambient Volume One, it's like. Trance, Bui, Pain Jerk, In Spite of Flaming Creatures, K2, Murtzbau, Kaki SP, CCCC, Diesel Guitar, Third Organ, Evil Moisture, Valanons and Geisha, Macronympha, yeah. a couple others. Oh on my there. God. So, you, so
2: you know Volume 2 is sick, and then we know it had Rend, Incaps, and Hydro at least. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, come what on. What else is on there? Let's do it. Um, <laughs> but I love that, and that was really cool. So I, I thought that was a really cool, uh, cool thing to let us know about. So we get into this third track, and you know, like Grace said, it's the de-escalation, and this this track is so so cool. This and is it my is, favorite track. I yeah, liked. I would have to say this is my favorite track on the CD as well. Re- like you said, it's a really Agreed. yeah. I mean, it's it's got that really patient build, but it never breaks.
1: Yeah, I think this one this one comes off as the most like composed. Um, of everything like the, there's, there's certainly a really, a a lot more subtlety and and I think it just comes off as like gray skies and a gray ocean and like somehow metal, (laughs) lots of scraping, scraping metal, but just picture a gray sky over a gray ocean.
0: The scraping metal he actually uh, wrote to us about in his, when we asked him uh, sort of what kind of gear he was using at the time and, uh, said Actually, there's a little bit more to this quote, and I think it's it's actually really interesting. He's talking about uh, getting asked to do the Pure CD. And yeah, yeah. he said that he sent Ron some tapes before uh, Plague and Perspective 05 came out. But it was after that release that he contacted me and asked if I would be interested in doing a Pure CD. Of course, I must have been a little more nervous than when producing a self-release tape, but I don't recall it affecting my approach to things. I always use the same gear, a Boss PS2 pitch shifter delay and EQ and other effects pedals feedbacking into itself combined with contact mic found objects. For Proberta Gerber, this included a wheelless grocery cart on concrete floor and an old rusty lid from a jar. I think that's that was that's just like <laughs> we're hearing I, the wheel is grocery cart on a concrete yes. floor on this track.
2: Yes, it's absolutely. which is so awesome. And yeah, no, having that in mind, just I was absolutely just picturing an empty room. Concrete floor with a wheelish grocery just, cart. Just pushing just, it just around. It's just kind of like moving <laughs> it around and like opening a rusty jar. I mean, it's, I love it. And I also love the grocery store element to it. I love that. Th- I love the grocery store through it's pervasive uh, you know, thread. Yeah. yeah. yeah, The thread that goes through the rend work. I think that needs so awesome.
1: to be a performance piece is just going to like a concrete floor, like warehouse and pushing a grocery cart around, like with no wheels. That would it's, be wonderful. I mean,
2: you know, he did it. We just need to go back in Good time. Natural
1: reverb. Um, and
2: it's cool too, cause yeah, because I did ask him, you know, I'm I have this kind of thing that, you know, since the pure CDs, I believe he did a thousand, at least of an initial press and maybe repress some and and, you know, whatever. That was probably going to be the highest pressing that a lot of these artists had done up to that point. Not necessarily mm-hmm. everybody, but I think a lot. So I always have this theory that there was this thought to give like some of your best material. Cause this is going to get out there to more people than just like an edition of 20 cassettes. So that, so I was curious as to if that had any sort of effects. I mean, this really does feel like this whole CD feels very, you know, thought out and there's a, there's a composition feel to it. And like Tara said, mm-hmm. I think the third track really um, highlights that, but it wasn't, we, you know, I kind of asked him that, like, you know, was it, is there, you know, what what was the thought process going into it? And you know, he did say that you know he recorded this between May and July of 1995, and that he said I would experiment with settings for days or even weeks before recording to my Tascam four track, which is awesome. Amazing, you know, yeah. Classic Tascam four uh, track. You know, recording device for noise, especially, and then layered the tracks by bouncing them down two or three times. But I love the idea that that he would, you know. M- T- mess with the settings for like weeks before he like got to the setting that he's like that's the setting that's mm-hmm. going to be right for this so I thought that was like so I just thought that was so cool and, and I think it comes across
1: because yeah it might be a lo- you know made in the moment um, improvised but at the same time like all of the sounds made are intentional
2: yeah and it, and it comes across and maybe eventually it was hit record and, and just go but it doesn't have that live in the moment feel in, in, in an interesting cool way like this is a it 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 feels thought out in a very cool way. Agreed. And yeah, this the, the, but this last track too, I I was kind of waiting for are we going to get back to, you know, the zone of the first track like is it going to are we going to get that blast? Kind of like you're yeah. saying, "gray," and you don't. I mean, it it, it near the very very end, there's kind of the last like 2 minutes it kind of gets a little it builds There's up. like a little build, mm-hmm. but it's not, but it doesn't break. And it's also not like this, like explosive, explosive, destructive, you know, zone. It just well, kind of
1: reverie. It's like a sweet daydream. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and, and then like, if this is your reverie, well, wow. cause this is, you know, it's certainly introspective, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's like cute and sweet and whimsical uh, by any means. It's like ominous winds. Yeah, there is
2: still like a <laughs> like a a smoldering tension that yeah. is felt throughout this track, throughout the throughout the whole CD. But this track, there is like a smoldering tension. Uh, mm-hmm. It is muted and subdued in a way, but it's 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 really really effective.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's the plague in perspective. I think
1: ah oh yeah
2: in with thinking that with in the label
0: name and sort of the type of stuff they release, it feels really right. And I also you know. There's something to be said for accessibility, but yeah, and you, when you're talking about of maybe five hundred, a thousand, whatever pure C D is being made. This guy made twenty copies of <laughs> his first. Right, release. right, right. Like what a what a cool thing to like just for Ron to take a chance and just like, Oh yeah, this is good. I'm gonna get this out there.
2: Oh, it's so cool.
1: It's great. That uh, hey, Ron knows what he likes. He yeah. hears it and he he says yes. That's so cool. And if he
2: doesn't like it, he's he's not afraid to say no or not, yeah. you know, I mean he's he don't remind me. Is it-
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, I think we can all, we can all have our, our, our Ron reject. <laughs> that actually might be a great episode. Rejections. Ron, reje- Ron re- rejections. Rejected. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. That would actually be a kind of an amazing episode. That's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rejected. That's awesome. um, so, Rend has an incredibly limited discography. I mean, there is, like we said, there's this, there's. Uh, cassette on Plague in Perspective. There's a split with Blister Pack on Plague in Perspective. We asked him, you know, what led to the end of the project and would there be any chance of resurrection? And this is what he had to say.
1: The last run thing I did was a live performance in 97 at the Paris Theater in Portland, Oregon. Throughout the 90s, I continued experimenting with audio on a computer but never released anything. The last audio I created was a Soundwell number 2 for Kate Kunath's A Real Life Conundrum. She took a series of photos of people walking in on her while she was on the toilet in public restrooms. I used audio recordings of some of the interactions to create an ambient soundtrack for the exhibition at the Jacob Lawrence Gallery. I don't see a resurrection of Rand happening, but I do have a couple of audio-video installation ideas that I've been knocking around for too many years. They might actually get realized someday.
2: There you go. And we it's hope they do. Realize. But I love, dude! what a great, I, what a crazy performance. Taking pictures of someone walking into you on, in a public restroom. Walking,
1: opening the door, walking <laughs> in on you. I tried to find the performance online. I couldn't find it, but she does a lot of other um, like cool videos. She's, she's an actual um, director <laughs> and, and video artist.
2: That's crazy. So, so the entire Ren discography is just the pure CD the tape, a tape on and a Plague and sp- Perspective.
0: And split with blister pack.
2: <laughs> and that wow. is it. So this is this might be the well, there's one other pure C D that's even that yeah. is a more has a more limited discography. Uh two or two, I think actually. So we should mentioned on this episode already. Oh. So those I think those two are the only other ones that have less of a We're discography trying to pull
1: than this one.
2: This is so cool. So, you know, he says he's got some ideas and stuff. So I think uh, cool. you know, Maybe it's time to enact those ideas and get them going. Why not? Um because it is a criminally limited discography. Uh and it's clearly skillful. Dude, it's amazing. This CD is amazing. It's yeah, so it's awesome. We cannot recommend enough people to check this one out, especially like I said it's so obscure, it's probably been passed up.
1: It's highly affordable. Don't it pays you. Don't pass it up.
2: Don't pass it up. Go get Rend Proberta Gerber. If you can find any of the Plague and Perspective tapes, send them to me. Grab those. Yeah, we'll send them to <laughs> us, obviously, first. Uh, but but Emerson, like we kind of said, Emerson of uh, Blister Pack and Plague and Perspective has been putting out uh, some stuff in the recent years. There's a collab with Mikawa.
0: Cool. No slouch there. Collab,
2: yeah. yeah no. Collab with Richard Ramirez. Definitely no slouch. And a collab with GX, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That one, I don't know. Um, I,
1: I don't know either. I didn't. I'm sorry. that's I okay hope so. I, would I accept love to your it.
2: apology, Tara. Um, Thank
1: you for accepting it.
2: Oh, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, so no better time to get into a blister pack, rend hive zone than now. Would you agree with that, Gray?
0: Hundred percent. Heck yeah. Heck yes. Um. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But yeah, wow! What a what a CD! What a great what a great uh, addition to the Pure series that you know. Like I said, maybe has been maybe passed you by, but no longer.
1: But also, you know. Now that we know more, we were like, what is this? We need to know the story of Rend. I like it even more now that I know the story.
2: Definitely, definitely. And hopefully hopefully, some of the information that Sean gave us. Very is, excited. will just add to your enjoyment of the CD as it did to us. So thank you, Sean, so much for answering questions for us. We really appreciate it. Uh, Nick and Emerson, we're coming for you pretty soon. So get ready. He's definitely going to be doing a blister pack, plague in perspective. Watch that inbox, episode. boys.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> the, uh... We're going to be swinging in with our whips and our idols uh, and, our, and our Indiana Jones hats. Rend, listen to Rend.
1: You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices. And by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com noiseextra noise extra. And your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at Noise Extra, on the web at NoiseExtra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at Noise Extra with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.